All right, so um, tonight we're definitely going to be going, um, continue to go deeper, I should say. We're going to continue to go deeper into the languages in which the Father speaks with the prophetic series. Um, uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be looking um, at uh, fasting. We're going to be looking at dreams, visions, visualization, and trances. Um, as far as the different languages we're going to go into, um, I wanted to tell you with this, the reason why, uh, cause I'm always given the reason why we're continuing to do this for a reason for, you know, our own mind's sake. Um, but the reason why we continue to do this, um, as we already know, all of us are in a growth process. So we have to make sure that our senses are exercised. We have to make sure that the different there's different things that the father has given us that that is with us and we have and we don't know that we have them. And not only don't we know we don't have them, they have not been activated. Um, like, for instance, you know, when we talk about um, my husband's doing the series on um, praying in tongues. And so a lot of people have received Christ as the Lord and Savior. A lot of people, you know, are saved, but they don't speak in tongues. Um, doesn't mean that they cannot speak in tongues. It just means that it has not been activated. But once it becomes activated, then it becomes useful for your life. So this is this almost the same situation with um, the languages of the father is that as I go through each one of these and as we go through all of these different parts in these different languages, there's going to be an activation that begins to happen as I speak to you about each and everything. And then the reason why that happens is because when we study a particular topic um, or we experience a certain thing and we um, we eat from it and then we give it to another person, there's a grace that is afforded to you. It's like a grace that's being deposited into your spiritual bank account. And so with that grace, meaning that, you know, grace is, you know, giving you time to conform to the image of Christ. It's um, helping you to mature into the, the daughter and son of God um, that God will have you to be. And so it's giving you it's depositing that grace to you to mature. And so when we're going through all of these, that's what I'm doing. I'm activating these different languages um, in your life, as well as, you know, depositing grace into you. As we go through these different things, um, just as well as, for instance, faith, the Bible talks about faith, that he's given every man a measure of faith. So each one of us has a measure of faith that he's given us to complete our mission. Um, but that faith has to be activated. It has to be acted upon. It has to be activated. Someone has to pour into you. You have to sit under the right um, type of teaching in order for that to happen. So that's what. Um, through each one of these um, series or each one of these different parts of the languages of the father, that is what I'm going to be doing. And it happens so much, especially when I get on the dream series, the dreams, visions, interpretations of dreams. It's like, oh, my God, it's like a whole <laughs> this activation happens in people um, now that they know that the father speaks to them in dreams and in visions and they can interpret dreams. And he's speaking that way to them is all of a sudden they get flooded 
with all of these dreams. And that's because there was an activation that took place because you didn't know. And now you do know. And now because of that, and that's been activated, then you could actually start using that. So just giving you some insight, some more insight on why we continue to do this. Um, Cause like I say, as we continue to go, you'll begin to notice that your, um, the way in which the father is speaking to you is, is expanding the knowledge and the wisdom in which he speaks is your mind will start to expand on the different ways that he can speak to you. Okay, so can everybody hear me? Yes. Just making sure before I start. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get into it. All right. So tonight is the languages of the father, part five of the prophetic series. And the first one we're going to be looking at is fasting, which we are very, very, very all too familiar with, and which we should be familiar with. So let's get into fasting. Let's see. And the, our first scripture that we will be coming from will be Second Samuel 12 and 16, just as a basis and a foundation um, of fasting. There's lots and lots and lots of scriptures on fasting, but we're coming from this particular one just to give us um, a basis of uh, fasting. So it says, David, therefore, appear, appealed to God for the child to be healed. And David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So we're seeing where David did this a lot when he was captured. Um, he refused to eat uh, from the king's table. He went into fasting. Then uh, we see um, David fasting here right now in this particular scripture. He is pretty much doing like an intercession kind of fasting. So he's interceding for a child to be healed. So he goes into fasting. Um, um, it says all day and all night um, on the ground. Isaiah 58 and 6 is our next scripture before we actually get into the different details for fasting and how the Father speaks to us through fasting. Isaiah 58 and 6 says, it says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that ye break every yoke. So fasting is a biblical fact. It is not something that when we do it, we don't see results. It is a biblical fact that breaks poverty. If you're suffering from poverty um, and, and the bands of wickedness. And when I'm talking about the bands of wickedness, I'm talking about things in the spirit that are attached to you that you may not even know are attached to you. Um, it releases revelation and it also answers prayers. Fasting heals diseases, sickness, um, overcomes the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. If you're having um, a lot of issues as far as strongholds 
is concerned in your life, fasting is a, a good thing to do if that is your issue. So the father loves to speak to those who will position themselves to hear his voice daily. It's part of that hunger and that thirst for righteousness. Because when we go into fasting, what we're saying is that we need to hear more clearly from you. We need um, more clarity from you, God. So we're willing to set aside the food and to eat more spiritual food so that our spirit will actually be stronger than our flesh. So the father is always and he loves to speak to those who will position themselves on purpose to hear from him. So so fasting produces a spiritual awakening in the person because a lot of times whether you're weighed down about a particular situation or you don't know what to do of, um, about a particular topic or you know um, you might be worried about something it, it produces a spiritual awakening it gives you an insight that or a perception that you would have never seen um, before, if you had not have fasted, it also give it does a spiritual cleansing. So the father begins to empty out anything that is toxic in your soul that is preventing you from forward movement. If, if you're in a situation where you're like, why don't I have forward movement in this particular situation? Why am I not excelling at works? Why am I not getting a promotion? It may pay you best to go into fasting because you may have missed something that the father told you to do because you know, you were you know in a state of depression or you just couldn't hear him clearly because you were angry or just like I say you had a lot going on in your life so fasting helps pretty much cleanse the toxic things out of your soul that's preventing forward movement in your life as well as it revives you through the eating of the word so not only does it cleanse you from the different toxic things that's going on in your soul but it does um, uh, you begin to eat on the word um, because while you're fasting, you know, the thing when you would normally eat the times that you would normally eat, you actually eat on the word instead. So when you begin to eat on the word instead, it helps revive you. It's like, um, it brings a refreshing to your soul and to your mind. There also are physical benefits, um, to fasting as well it and you know this has been scientifically proven this is not something I'm you know just pulling out of the air it cleanses the body of, of toxic buildup um, your cells your tissues your organs begins to dump out accumulated waste products so also there's the physical benefits of that as well but we're more interested the physical benefits of it is more like a byproduct when we do fasting because that's not the reason why we're doing fasting fasting to go into like a cleansing diet but it's a byproduct when we do do it so we go into fasting for spiritual purposes um some other things that I want to point out when it comes to fasting and the father speaking to you through fasting is that fasting should not be, become a ritualistic practice 
or be used as a prompt or um, used for you to fleece God that, okay, I'm going to go into fasting and God, I need you to do this for me that I'm going to go into fasting because I need you to do that. It shouldn't be something that we're, we're trying to um, fleece God and we're trying to make him do something for us. And it shouldn't be something that is very ritualistic and religious that we do, but it should be something that is done from the heart. It should be something done um, from a perception of, you know, wanting to know your destiny, wanting to know what what the right thing to do is. It should come pretty much from the heart. So we're going to I'm going to go into uh, several different benefits of fasting. Um, and I have these scripture references up here. And for those that also will be listening online, I will um, say the different scripture references and as it relates to the different benefits. So the first benefit of fasting is that it, it gives you divine protection so that when you go into fasting, it provides a, a, a divine protection to you that you literally is almost as it's not almost as if it is, um, as if, you know, you feel the heaviness and you feel the weight of the spirit of God on you to the point where you feel like you're walking under an open heaven. And the scripture references for that, if you want to go into a deeper Bible study, is um, Esther uh, 4 and 16. It talks about divine protection and fasting. I have Ezra 8, 21 through 23 and 2 Chronicles 20. 1 through 25, if you want to read that on your personal time. Um, the second thing that fasting does is it gives you victory over temptation. We talked about that in regards to, you know, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Um, if you're dealing with, you know, pornography, if you're trying to break an addiction, um, anything that deals with dealing, any temptation that you're dealing with that you want to overcome. And the scripture reference for that will be Matthew 4 one through 11. Number three is ordination, preparation, and commissioning into ministry. So um, actually, this is one of the things that me and my husband did before. And it's actually one of the things that Jesus did, too, before he stepped into his ministry. He went into a 40. We didn't go to a 40 day, 40 day and 40 night fast, but we went into a 21 day fast. But um, if you're getting ready to do something new and this note doesn't necessarily have to be um, something in relations to the church. It can be that you're stepping into a new position on your job or you just got um, your first time mother or first time father and you're going into a, a new territory that you've never done before or you're just just starting your new business. If you go into fasting for that, whether it's 21 days, Daniel fast, intermittent fast and whatever fast that you choose um, a benefit of that is it gives you an ordination a preparation and then a commission that goes into that actual ministry because remember that the church is not a building that we are the church so anytime God gives us an assignment um, it's ministry for us, whether it's on our jobs or whether, you know, he's given us assignment on our families to save different people. There's a um, ministry um, for each and every one of those situations. Number four is 
access to the heart of the father. So one of the benefits of fasting is that it's almost as if you have direct access to the heart of the father because you become so sensitive because you're not feeding your flesh and your spirit is stronger. So you begin to have access to the heart of the father. It's easy for you to hear him is 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 easy. There's like there's. A lot of times when, you know, we're going about our regular days and doing what we're supposed to do for our families and our jobs and stuff, God may talk to us and we hear him speak. But a lot of times we may go into doubt. Did, did we hear him clearly? Was that really him? So what fasting does, it takes away all that doubt. You hear him clearly. You hear him, you know, louder than anything. The other thing is personal deliverance. Um, if you're suffering from any generational curses, you want to be delivered from oppression. If you 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 want to be delivered from any mental illnesses or physical um, illnesses that you're going through. So it gives you a personal deliverance to, you know, take these different weights and these different spiritual apparatuses that are attached to you in the spirit that you don't know that's preventing forward movement. Um, the other thing is preparation for new seasons of ministry. So fasting helps for to prepare your mind, to prepare your heart, to prepare your soul for um, new seasons of ministry, because there might have been a season where God was saying, OK, telling you to be quiet and for you to study. And then when that season is over with, he might be telling you, OK, it's time for you to teach. It's, it's time for you to evangelize is it's, it's time for you to begin to prophesy. It's time for you to start operating in the gift of healing. So a fasting prepare prepares you for a new season of ministry. And last but definitely not least, uh, we talked about divine healing and spiritual health um, because a lot of times people, um, especially being in this world, but we got to understand we're not a part of this world. We're in it, but we don't belong to it. So there's a there's a spiritual health that we have to make sure that we are spiritually healthy. A lot of times we are focused on our natural health and our physical health because we are in this body, but not understanding that if we make sure that we are spiritually healthy, all these other things will follow. So fasting helps um, us to have a divine healing and also a spiritual health. And before we move on to dreams and um, envisions, I want to uh, remind you that when we fast, just to make sure that, you know, you're journaling um, your struggles, you're journaling any questions that you may have for God, uh, you're journaling some things that he may have told you during the fast, um, because he definitely will be speaking during the fast. Um, so you just want to make sure that you buy your journal, make sure you're jotting things down. He might start giving you blueprints for things. We just want to make sure um, that you are mindful because there's several different things that are released. He starts giving you revelations about a teaching that he wants you to teach. He starts giving you spiritual insight on an area you, you he might or want us to, you know, evangelize or um, building community partnerships with people so just make sure that you're attentive and you're ready to you know write down whatever the father would have for you to write down and to do because there's definitely instructions that he will give you during that period of time so the second thing that I want to talk about tonight we will not go into depth with 
dreams. Um, but I'm going to give you a basic foundation on how the father speaks through the dreams. Now, when we go into dreams, visions and interpretations of dreams in that series, I'll go into what dreams are, the different types of dreams and actually how to interpretate your dreams. But tonight we're just going to touch briefly on dreams and how the father uses dreams in order to speak to his people. So dreams also called they also use the word visions of the night if when you're reading your bible you also will see this terminology as visions of the night and they're referring also to dreams and the first one that we're very familiar with uh scripture that we will the basis of what we're talking about as far as dreams is concerns is joel 2 and 28 and it says and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. So oftentimes the father will speak to us while we are asleep. When we can maintain the kind of peace, silence and quietness that is required for us to receive spiritual and prophetic instructions. He gives us directives as well as guidance from the father. And a lot of times this is a mode in which the father speaks is because this is one of the, the, the most rarest and fewest times where your flesh is under subjection. Your flesh is, is, is not in rule when you're sleeping. Your spirit man is in rule when you're sleeping because the flesh is down in its sleep. It's recovering. The mind pretty much has been shut down. The body has been shut down and the spirit never goes to sleep. The spirit is always woke. So this is the time that the father begins to seal different instructions in you. This is a time that he begins to give you guidance and directions on what he needs for you to do. So we must also distinguish that there are soul dreams and there are divine dreams that come from the father and we must be able to distinguish between the two now soul dreams are in fact what that is soul dreams is is not something that's given to you for instruction it's not anything that the holy spirit gives you it is soul dreams so for instance if you go to sleep worried and you're worried about a particular thing and you cannot get whatever you're worried about off your mind. You may have a dream about something that you were worried about during the daytime. Now, that's why I say you have to distinguish between what's going on with you personally versus what the father is trying to show you and give you in a dream when it's a spiritual dream. So dreams can speak um, hidden messages that are prophetic in nature. And also we have to pay attention to them so that we can when God, when the father does show us what we need to do. A lot of times we may need to go into to prayer. We might need to go into fasting or we might need to go into intercession based off of what he is showing us. So we also want to make sure that when he does give us something in a dream that we're mindful of what he's trying to say to us because it's going to require another step in the process based off of what he's given us. The other thing is that when the father speaks to you in dreams, um, we want to um, point 
I want to point out is that dreams are symbolic and they also are allegorical, meaning that they a lot of times they come in, in story form um, as well as symbolic, meaning colors. And they just they just don't make sense when you're having a dream. You know, you might be in a car and you lose a shoe and you go to a bank and you're going down this hallway. And at the end of the hallway, there's a light. And then you see one of your gym teachers. So it's like this don't make sense at all. It's just a whole bunch of random stuff. But it makes total sense to God if you if you seek out what he's trying to portray and say to you in the dream. So dreams like prophecy also should bring confirmation also, as well as revelation to the one in which is receiving the dream. So a lot of times which I have you know several different times the majority of the times I have a dream I'm receiving either revelation of what's going on behind the scenes regarding a particular issue or I'm receiving confirmation on what God told me to do. And he's just confirming. Yes, I, I did tell you to do this. So our other scripture will be coming from Job 33, 13 through 18. And it says, why dost thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men and slumberings upon the bed. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instructions that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit. And his life from the perishing of the sword. Amen. That's a whole lot. <laughs> so he's saying in, in uh, he said a lot in this. He says in the dream, in the vision of the light, when deep sleep falls upon men in the slumbering of your bed, he says he opens the ears of men and he seals their instructions. So during when God gives, starts to speak to you in a dream, what he does is that he opens your ears not your natural ears. He begins to open. He's, he's talking to you through your spirit and, and your soul is absorbing it. So he opens your ability to hear when you're dreaming. And then he begins to seal the, the word says here, seal instructions in you, basically telling you, I need you to do this. I need you to, to do that. He said, and also that he may withdraw man from his purpose, meaning that sometimes he needs to tell you, okay, stop doing this right now because this is getting ready to happen. Or he says, I will hide pride from man. So he, a lot of times in dreams, he will begin to show you what's going on with you the things that you need to change the things that he might be be, be displeasement the, pleased with the things that you need to grow spiritually more in or things that you need to watch out for that you don't even know that is within you so he says that he, he does that in order to help you he also says he keeps back this also keeps back your soul from the pit. It, it keeps you from your soul from perishing when he gives you instructions and dreams. He's he's doing it as an act of love to keep you back from the pits of hell um, and from your life from perishing by the sword. Pretty much from him judging you with the word because you didn't do this and you didn't do that. So when you have the, this also this scripture, Job 33 
13 through 18. Also, it, it talks about that in verse 14, it says, for God speaks once, yea, twice. And I get this a lot from other people as well as myself. They'll say, I keep having the same dream over and over and over and over again. And I don't know what it means. When you run into a situation like that, that means that 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 dream is 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 by a shadow of a doubt that dream is going to happen it has been sealed when you continue to have the same dream that means that there is nothing that you can possibly do this will this dream will happen and so it's like he's confirming it um by his own word confirming it by his own dream that this will happen um, a true dream from the father will never violate scripture. That's another thing I want to point out when you have a dream. And that's another way for you to distinguish between a soul dream and a dream from the father. A true dream will never violate scripture. And it is given to us to fulfill a specific purpose. So we just don't have dreams just to have dreams. Dreams are for a purpose. The father is speaking through dreams It's always for a purpose if he's if he's speaking through us and if it's a divine dream, if it is lacking um, the foundation of purpose, if a dream is lacking um, any form of revelation or insight, then you also can know that it's coming from your soul and it's not coming from the father. A soul dream also will contain what is in our minds what is in our own wills and what's in our emotions that will uh, come up eventually while we sleep. So that's another way that you can distinguish between, oh, this is just a dream that I had because this was on my mind when I went to bed versus this is what God is telling me. Um, so we also have to ask the Holy Spirit to um, give us the interpretation as well when it comes to dreams, because like I say, his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's the one that gave us the message. He's the one that gave us the dreams, And so we have to ask the Holy Spirit, um, Holy Spirit, help me to discern what the father is saying to me. And um, along with dreams, uh, discernment is also a major component of uncovering the meaning behind dreams is that you have to have but the crazy the part about discernment is that we'll go into discernment because that's a whole nother teaching and i'll be teaching on discernment um but discernment is a major component of uncovering the meaning of dreams because you have to have the ability to discern that okay once you ask the Holy Spirit what the father is saying to you in the dream, then now you have to rely on discernment um, as far as knowing that, yes, this is what the father is saying. Once the Holy Spirit begins to give you the interpretation, you want to have to discern that interpretation. But we'll like I say, I'll go into a teaching on discernment so you'll have a better understanding how you apply discernment, um, not only in um, the gift of operating in the gift of prophecy and how to, to apply discernment when it comes to dreams and interpreting dreams. So while we are dreaming, the father is able to bypass and this is the great part. He's able to bypass the reasoning of our own natural thought patterns, our own mindset and our paradigms to, to convey his message to us. And I know several of, of us have had this experience before where we're dreaming 
and you can you're conscious in your dream and you're thinking to yourself why would i do that or like why am i saying this or why am i here or you might say to yourself conscious is like this does not make any sense but you're totally dreaming but you're con you're conscious in the dream so the father has the ability to bypass the your ability this ability that i was talking about of your your conscious mind being aware of what's happening in the dream um which is a great thing because you want the father to be able to bypass that because the thing about it is not for that part of your mind to understand it's for your soul to discern and to interpret what is going on through the spirit not your natural mind So the next one we're going to talk about, number 26, is visions. And so visions, um, I've recognized that visions are something that is not really taught on a lot. We see more things about dreams and prophecy um, and stuff along that lines when we, when we talk about um, spiritual things and teachings. But visions is not um, often taught taught on and it needs to be taught on because a lot of people do have visions along with dreams and sometimes people just have visions and not dreams at all so we have to go into visions because this is another way in which the father can speak and because you haven't had a vision yet it doesn't mean that you won't begin to have visions so our scripture reference for visions is acts 2 and 17 and it says, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, we just went over this in Joel when we were talking about dreams and now we're see the same scripture in Acts because um, during this period of time, the spirit had already been poured out and this is was now taking place in Joel. It was a thing that is to come. It was a foreshadow of what is to come. But now it showed up in Acts because it had already happened. The spirit had already been poured out and God was um, talking and, and the daughters were prophesying and men were seeing visions and old men dreaming dreams. So. When it comes to visions, because um, I want you to get the distinction of the difference between visions and dreams, because it's a total different distinguish, distinguishing things when it comes to visions, and it, it has its own category. When it comes to visions, visions occur majority of the time and we'll go into different types of visions but majority of the time visions will occur when we are awake when we're totally awake just like we are right now a vision will occur so visions uh, can be we're going to go over um, visions of the mind um, also called internal visions or, or they also call them closed visions. We'll go over open visions or external visions, they call them. And we'll go over pictorial 
visions. So um, when it comes to the father and him speaking to us, when it comes to vision, he said he'll pour out um, his spirit on all flesh. So there is an awakening that causes supernatural things to occur. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because we have to get to the point where we know that we are a spirit and we live in a body and not the other way around that we are natural and we have a spirit because we have to become more spiritual minded. So let's go over the three different types of visions. So now this is, this might be a little difficult for you to grasp at first. So I'm going to take it a little slow um, and try to provide the best explanation I can for this. But after we're done, if you guys have any questions, I'll be more than willing to answer any of your question in regards to visions. So the first type of vision is visions of the mind. Um, internal visions, they call them, or closed visions, they call them. And these are images, portraits, um, visuals, projections, and pictorial screenshots or pictures on the spirit field believer's mind. So the Holy Spirit uses the believer's mind. He uses your mind as a blackboard on which he begins to paint portraits or drawings or images or he projects a mental photo of something in which the father is trying to get you to see um, an example of this was the um, that we will go into more along the line of uh, when we do visualization but that the prophet Daniel received fresh revelation from God through internal visions a lot or what is called closed visions. And um, also there's a lot of uh, closed visions um, in Revelation. We get a whole lot of different vi visions when it comes to that. Um, but the basic bottom lines of visions of the mind, internal vision or closed visions, the thing that I want to point out to you that I want you to remember with these types of vision that this is on the spirit filled believers mind. These are projected images on your mind that the Holy Spirit will give to you. The second one is open visions, or they also call them external visions. This is when one is, this is when you're awake, you're totally awake, but can see images with your natural eyes. These are open visions happen when your natural eyes are open and the Holy Spirit projects visions upon the screens of your mind or your imagination. Now, this is different from the visions of the mind or the closed visions. The closed visions happens when when the Holy Spirit is projecting an image on your mind. Open visions happen when you are totally awake and you literally see a vision with your natural eyes being open. You're totally awake. The last one is pictorial visions. Pictorial visions are glimpses or flash, what we call flash visions. This is the type of vision. This is the lower, lowest level of all of them. So this is the low level revelation that can be activated by our imagination. So this comes from our imagination. 
Um, most often, this is how the Holy Spirit allows us to see the prophetic message of the Father through the lenses of our mind's eye and imagination. Now, this one is different than the other two because this one is activated by our imaginations and as well as the lenses of our mind's eye through imagination. So, for instance, God may have, for instance, um, I used to do, well, I do it um, often with other things too, but before God uh, released us into ministry and we knew, we knew me and my husband knew we were going into ministry that we're going to be teaching, I would sit and um, I would sit and I would close my eyes and I would activate my imagination and I would see myself preaching and teaching and prophesying to people on my in the lenses of my mind's eye so I would be imagining that I'm speaking to a lot of people I would be imagining that I'm prophesying so this is how this one looks so I'm activating this vision of what God said that I'm going to be and I'm activating it by my imagination okay so we have two left now we're going to go into visualization now this is going to be different than having visions this is visualization and the scripture reference for that is Habakkuk 2 2 through 3 and it says and the Lord answered me and said write the vision and make it plain upon tab tables that he may run that read it for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end of it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. So when it comes to visualization, we must keep the, the, the foundation of visualization. Number one, I want to tell you is that we must keep our minds pure and in the right places we have to make sure that whatever we are focusing in on whatever we're feeding our spirit whatever we are watching we have to make sure that our mind is pure and are in the right places we have the right motive when we come when it comes to visualization because and i say that because the mind is the headquarters of the holy spirit to speak to us and our imagination is a powerful tool our imagination is more powerful than what you think it is a powerful tool for connecting with the spirit world because you have to have some type of imagination in order to even walk in faith because you're believing in something that you cannot see so it is a powerful tool for connecting to the spirit world because it brings in the spirit world into this natural world which you have been hoping and praying for this is why Paul gives us wisdom that we can command our imagination and our thoughts to align with the knowledge of the father so let's actually just look at that Philippians 4 and 8 it says finally brother whatsoever things are true Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, 
whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, he says to think on these things. Now, remember, we started off when I began to talk about visualization. I said that when it comes to visualization, you must keep your mind in a pure, in a right place. And this is how you do that. You think on things that are true on things that are honest, things that are pure, things that are lovely and things that are of a good report. So you have to make sure that you are on purpose, on purpose, watching, making sure you watch what you watch on TV, what you, you know, hear, what you listen to, because it is producing something. So the father speaks through visualization and inner pictures of the spirit. Now, what I mean by that is that visualization is the process of forming mental images, but we also must be careful that we don't use visualization as a means of tapping into the demonic realm because a lot of people have used visualization for that particular thing. It's like, um, like we've done with vision boards. We might put some things on the vision board and we might, you know, do some visualization, but a lot of times people use vision boards or, um, do visualization for demonic purposes to tap into mediums and demonic realms. So we have to be careful that the basic of what we're doing, our motive is right. Our minds are pure and that we just continue to, um, focus in on the spiritual things. Because like I say, being that we are spiritual we have access to both realms we have access to the demonic realm we have access to the divine realm because we are like I said because we are children of God so we have to make sure and make care that we are not tapping into demonic things so often visualization will involve envisioning events or situations that don't exist or have not happened yet. So you might be believing God for a new job. You might be believing God for a new car, for um, a better position. And, and you're just doing a whole lot of like visualization. You're sitting, you're meditating, you're visioning yourself in the house, in the new house, buying the new house, having the money, you know, to, um, to buy everything you need for the house. So this is where you're in, envisioning the different events so the different situations that have not happened yet but you're visualizing it happen so prophetically the father will give us a word that will activate our visualization that will bring about realization so this is not something that i want to put this out there this is just like my disclaimer this is not something when it comes to visualization Visualization is not something that you um, specifically prompt. This is prompted by the Holy Spirit first. So, for instance, if the father says um, that he's going to promote you on your job and you know you hear him say that, then that's when you go into visualization. But you, when it comes to visualization, this is not something that, that you can do 
um, um, just on your own. Just okay. That is what we call like um, you do that when you do like a vision board. But this is something that is prompted by the father speaking to you. This is he speaks a word and then you go into visualization. Um, but like I was telling you about being careful about the demonic parts of that is that the enemy will try also to pervert anything that the fathers has spoken to you. So we must be careful and check our motives for visualization because for instance, the father might say that he's getting ready to bless you with some money and you might go into visualization like, Oh, I'm going to be able to do this and I'm going to be able to do that. But you got to make sure that, that your heart and your motives is right based off of what he says he's getting ready to do for you because it's easy for Satan to slide right in there after the father has spoke a word to you and you begin to like um like cultivate in your heart that you know you're not going to give you're going to do this you you getting ready to leave your husband you finna you know do all of these different things and, and, and the father's like that's not the reason why i told you i'm getting ready to bless you um visualization is also we also have to understand that visualization is not always something that will come to pass or come true because this is not the purpose of visualization now if the father has spoken a word to you and you go into visualization then yes that is something that's a true word from the lord that is going to come to pass but well, like I say, if this has not been prompted and you're just doing this on your own, you have to know that this may not come true because the word has not been spoken to you. Let's see. So some simple examples of this would be this so you can get a better picture of this. Some some simple examples of this would be that, for instance, um, that we do on a regular basis. We picture, for instance, what we want to eat before we um, before we make our food. So we might be sitting and, um, you know, talking to a friend or talking to a family member. And, and all of a sudden we just get this craving for, um, you know, a burger or something. It's like, we get this picture of, we want a burger and then guess what? This, we go buy a burger or we are, um, getting ready to go for, getting ready to go to work. And we're getting ready. We're brushing our teeth and stuff. And we see we there's a picture of what we're going to wear before we even um, decide to put clothes on. We already know what we're going to wear for today. Um, also, this might be, um, for instance, if we have an idea of something that we want to purchase, something that we want to buy, we'll see it in our mind before we even go to the store and purchase it. So this is what I mean by it's when we, when I'm talking about visualization it's prompted first in your mind before it even takes place. So visualization is a way in which we prepare ourselves before we take action on it. There's always something that comes before the action. So we have to train our minds to be keen, 
and to be attentive to the small things that the father wants to communicate to us. Um, as we become more alert and aware of these things, we'll get more visions. We'll get more. He'll give us more promptings because we are more, not only more knowledgeable, but the Bible talks about, you know, that we perish from a lack of knowledge and that lack of knowledge is not just a lack of knowing revelation or a lack of knowing scripture. That lack of knowledge also comes from the lack of knowledge of knowing the different ways in which he speaks, the different ways in which he's trying to communicate to you as well, because you we can miss it. Um, if we, like I said, we don't have at least a general idea of different ways that he can speak to us. And last, but definitely not least, um, in its own category is something that really people don't talk about a lot. Again, is trances and it's trances are very real. And actually, once I begin to talk about trances, I'm willing to bet you that you're going to start thinking like, oh, my gosh. I have been in trances several different times and I didn't even know I was in a trance. So we're going to talk about trances because they're definitely biblical and they're definitely a way in which the father speaks. So we're going to uh, our first scripture reference for this is Acts 10, 9 through 16. And it says the next day around noon. As Cornelius men were approaching Joppa, Peter went up to the flat roof of the house to pray. He was hungry and he wanted to eat. But while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance and entered into another realm. As the heavenly realm opened up, he saw something resembling a large linen tablecloth that descended from above, being let down to the earth by its four corners. As it floated down, he saw that it held many kinds of four-footed animals, reptiles, and wild birds. A voice said to him, Peter, go and prepare them to be eaten. Peter replied, there's no way that I couldn't do that, Lord, for I've never eaten anything forbidden or impure, according to our Jewish laws. The voice spoke again. Nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. The vision was repeated three times. Then suddenly the linen sheet was snatched back up into heaven. So there's a whole lot in this. There is a whole lot in this. So the first thing that I want to point out is the. Let's see if I have the definition up here. I don't. The definition of trance. The definition of trance in the Greek is the word ecstasis. Ecstasis, which means ecstasy. It denotes the state of one who is out of themselves. You know how people are like, I had an outer body experience. They were they're telling you they, they were in a trance. It also means a displacement of the mind to remove out of its place or state. It means bewilderment. It means a, a, a pre-natural absorbed state of mind prepared for the reception of the vision. 
A trance is a is a sleep light state. It's a deep. It's like a deep hypnosis, usually characterized by partly suspending anim animation with diminished or absent sensory or motor activity. It is a stupor or a supernatural daze where the father speaks to us in deep sleep states to bring revelation. Now I know you're thinking like, okay, so what is still, what is the trance? You said all of that, but what is a trance? So the bottom line of what a trance is, it is totally different from a dream. And like I say, I'm getting ready to tell you, you want to tell it's like, Oh my God, I've, I've been in trance several different times. So the, this totally different from a dream majority of the time, People fall in trances when when they're in prayer. Say, you know, you've just woke up. You are definitely not tired. You just woke up. You went into prayer or you might be praying during the day. You go into prayer. Then all of a sudden you fall. It seems as though you fall asleep while you're praying. But you're not asleep because you haven't been asleep long enough to even enter into REM sleep in order to have a dream. You're in a trance. You're not in a dream. You're in a trance because it's a short period of time. You just you nodded off while you were praying. Then all of a sudden you had a dream or you had a vision. This is what we call a trance. A trance happens when. God wants to speak to you right then and there about a certain things. And he's, he doesn't want to wait for you to go into a dream. So what he does, this is almost the equivalent of, um, you know, how, uh, you hijack something. So what he does, he shuts off your mind. He hijacks your thought process and he pretty much shuts your body down and he shuts your mind down right then and there. And he begins to speak to you. This is what we call a trance. For example, like I said, when Peter fell, he, he, he was praying on the, on the top of the roof. He was praying and it says that he fell into a trance, meaning that God infiltrated his mind and his thought pattern. And he went into a trance of God trying to show him something that he, he was telling him, don't call nothing unclean because he actually was the father wanted to get Peter's attention. And he was very serious about changing Peter's perception perception um, and his religious bias about the Gentiles because how Peter saw the Gentiles as unclean. So, but the father was trying to let him know, look, if I said that they're clean, they're not unclean. So what he wanted to do, he wanted to hijack Peter's thought process and give him another perception on something because his thoughts about the Gentiles were unclean and he didn't have any pleasure in that. Um, this also happened in, do I have it up here? Yes. Acts twenty two seventeen and 21 with Paul. It says, um, it says, then I returned to Jerusalem and when I was praying in the temple, I entered, I entered into another realm and saw him. He said to me, hurry and depart from Jerusalem quickly for the people here will not receive the truth you have shared about me. But Lord, I argued, they all know that I'm the one who went into our Jewish meetings to find those who believed in you and had them beaten and imprisoned. 
when the blood of your witness Stephen was shed I stood nearby in full approval of what was happening I even guarded the cloaks of those who stoned him to death then he said to me go at once for I am sending you to preach to the non-Jewish nation so in this example Paul fell into a trance while he was sleeping the father infiltrated his thought process because Paul thought because of what happened to me in the past God is not going to use me to talk to this Jewish nation I have been I have been doing things that is not pleasing unto him but when when God infiltrated his thought process he wanted to let him know no I know that this happened in the past I know you was part of the reason why you know you did nothing and you stood by while Stephen you know got uh, stoned to death and and you were looking over the cloaks and stuff but I have called you to do something so in a trance, a person is participating in the scene through their own actions. So you want to keep in mind that trances are a higher level of revelation given by the, the father that that is simply a dream or a glimpse or a pictorial vision because they are less subjective in nature. Now, like I say, it is a dream. But it's a trance and it's a trance based on the fact that you have not been asleep long enough to fully enter into REM sleep where you actually dream. So this is the father literally forcing a dream upon you in a short period of time. So uh, even with this one, what I pointed out with several different ones is that you cannot make yourself have a trance. This is, is an infiltration process that he, he infiltrates. Um, he comes in and he infiltrates you. He makes you. That's what stupor is, is that he makes you fall into a sleep when you are not sleepy. You didn't have your mind on the sleep. He forces you into a sleep. So um, when we talk about trances, um, they come from the father and um, we cannot stop them <laughs> until he decides to end it. When he has finished his message what he wants to tell you in this trance then you wake up so uh, let's do a review as far as what we talked about today today we talked about fasting um, as a way in which the father speaks to you which helps you break strongholds that you have or you didn't even know you had it helps you do soul cleansing um, it also gives you a spiritual awakening and a sensitivity to what the father is speaking to you we went into um, dreams as a way as the father speaks to you as a spiritual and prophetic instructions and confirmations in which the father seals in your spirit in which your soul absorbs we talked about about um, visions and different types of visions with the general definition of visions being you know imaginations and thoughts that line up with the knowledge of the father we talked about visualization meaning the uh, spiritual altar where the father speaks and gives instructions and communications and in which can be um, which is activated by the father and which you take action upon and the last thing but definitely not least are trances um, we talked about which is a supernatural stupor and a sleep like state which is involuntary which you have nothing to do with and with the father infiltrates your thoughts 
thought process and makes you fall into a sleep like state to get you to, to in order to speak to you. So, Father, we thank you for the word today. We thank you, Father, that we will continue, Lord God, to grow Lord God, in the way in which you speak to us, Lord God, that because we, Lord God, have known and we've added to, Father, the different ways in which you speak, um, whether it's fasting or dreams and visions or visualizations or trances, we thank you that we have activated these different ways in which you speak, and Lord God, and we are, Lord God, ready, and we are, Lord God, ready for you to speak to us in these several different ways in which the Holy Spirit desires to reveal to us what you are doing and what you are saying. And we thank you for that. In Jesus name we pray.